questions, but this is what God laid on my heart. Where do you belong? Who are your people? Who do you consider your family above and beyond your immediate brothers and sisters? This morning, these three young people have chosen a place to belong. They have decided that they're going to put their roots down and this local body of believers. Now their first decision they all gave their testimony about was giving their heart to the Lord. And what a tremendous decision that is. Changes everything in life. Changes, I mean it just, hopefully everybody here has experienced that. It makes you a new creature. They talked about that. The peace that brings But now they've committed in this service, that's not what they were baptized to, but in this service they've also committed to become part of a local body of believers. So why? Why would these young people commit themselves to the vows they made this morning and also to being part of a body? Why would anyone voluntarily agree to submitting to and being accountable to a local body of believers. I mean, isn't it enough that I have a relationship with God? Is it, are they making this commitment because Peak Mennonite Church has all the answers? Or maybe that the church has all perfect people? Or maybe that the speakers are extremely eloquent? Well, I'm very confident that none of those reasons had an effect on any of these young people becoming members of the Peak congregation because none of that is true about Peak. We're not a perfect people. There is no church that is made up of perfect people, but we're perfect in God's sight. There has to be something more that would cause someone to voluntarily commit to supporting and submitting to a local body of believers such as this one here this morning, such as what you've seen these young people do this morning. So I'd like to give an illustration and follow this story with me. Picture with me a child that has grown up homeless on the streets of New York City. I know it's hard to grasp the thought of a child being homeless, but it happens. We had a neighbor that basically that's what they did. And he, he ended up being friends with his sister before he knew she was his sister because they crossed paths in the street. They had homes to live in, but basically not. It happens. Now, they weren't in New York City. I'm not sure where they grew up. But picture this young child growing up and living on whatever he could find, living on whatever he could steal out of the dumpsters, or steal out it from tourists there in New York City. One day this child, which we're going to call Tom, is invited into an orphanage. Somebody sees him on the street and says, hey, come on in. 
Now, this orphanage is run by the kindest people that Tom has ever met. And they take him in, and for the first time in his life, he finds, he finds out what it's like to be clean, with nice clothes, and a stomach full of food that he didn't have to steal. He gets a clean bed and a warm place to live, along with the many other children that are there. He gets enrolled in the schooling program that offer, they offer, and starts to learn the basics of reading and writing and arithmetic, and accepted. He longs to share his heart with someone and know he will still be loved. Now imagine how Tom would feel if, when it was time for him to head back to the orphanage, Mr. Jones would invite him to stay and become part of that family. Then Mr. Jones explains to him that to be part of the family unit, Tom would need to do things the way the family does them. He would need to follow their schedule and help with the work. He would need to listen when others correct him and do his best to be careful so that things wouldn't get messed up or someone got get hurt. There would be a complete lifestyle change for him, but he's welcome to stay and become a part of the family if he is willing to do his part. As Tom thinks about it, he realizes the value of becoming part of this family. They care about him. They look out for him and protect him. The schedule they keep actually makes him feel better. He has become a much better person because he has spent time with his family. He realizes this is where he wants to belong. There's a lot of spiritual parallels the in that a parable. story. It's an earthly story that parallels the spiritual truth. As you've probably picked up, Tom rep- represents all of us in our spiritual journey. Let's turn to Ephesians 2. I want to start by reading verses 1 to 3. Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 3. Verse 1, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Just like Tom in our story, we all were satisfying our hunger in illegitimate ways. We all were hopelessly lost in our sins. We didn't have a chance in the world. There's no hope. Essentially, Tom had no hope. But one day, he was invited into an orphanage. Now let's read verses 4 to 6. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But God. What a tremendous two words. One day God, who loves all humanity, 
reached out to us on the street. And we received an invitation. The Holy Spirit invited us into God's orphanage, if you want to say it that way. Just like Tom got invited in. Into his family. And we accepted his invitation, and God took us off the streets and cleaned us up. He gave us a new heart and clothed us with his righteousness. We were fed spiritually and protected from the elements of the world. We started to attend his school, and his Holy Spirit began to teach us the basics of being God's child. But there was, and maybe is still, that hunger within, that need for a place to belong. That desire to be part of a body of believers that care about each other, that disciple each other, and warn each other when they see something bad about to happen. So just like Tom, we seek God in it. Just like Tom talked to the administrator, and just like Tom um, wanted to go find a family, we start to have that yearning to be part of something greater than just us and God. We want a family to be part of, spiritually. Just like Tom, God leads us to an imperfect church, if we allow him to. Remember I said there are no perfect churches. Because if it was perfect before you joined, it'll be imperfect after, because we're not perfect people. So I want to stress that a little bit this morning. None of us should look for the perfect church. Let's look for the church that God leads us to. The family that God wants us to become part of because that family, we will be that family to someone else. And you see, even Paul alludes to the fact that we need each other. We need a local body of believers. We've never seen the scriptures where it says, thou shalt be part of a local church. But we see examples of it all over the New Testament. Let's turn to Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 13, and see if we can find a reason why body of believers. Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 13. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 13, the end says, Grow unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, become like Christ. God gave those gifts to us all. And I know you may be sitting in the pew saying, I don't really have a part in the church. I don't really do anything. You know, I'm just a member. You have been given a gift. I believe that firmly. Whatever that is that you can do, do it to build up the body, to be part of that family. So that all the gifts of the others can do what verse 13 the insist, help us grow unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Your gift helps someone else and their gift helps yours, helps you. We all need to grow into that. 
If we don't become part of a local body of believers, we cut ourselves off from the blessings that other people's gifts can bring into our lives. Now, there are many today who feel they don't need the church. I alluded to that earlier. They all, all they need is a relationship with Christ. But I believe the verses we just read strongly refute that. And I'd like to give an illustration of what us being a part of the local body of believers does to the world around us. It's not just about me. As long as my relationship with the Lord is just about me and my walk with God, we lose... We, there's no way that it can reach out to the world the way Christ intended for it to be. If it's just about me getting to glory, we will miss glory. I feel confident about that. So I want to give an illustration this morning. I'd like to give a picture of what it could look like. So I'm going to try to dictate this so for those listening in on the phone. So the bottom here, I'm going to kind of make an oval circle. That kind of represents the world. And in this circle, a couple of stick figures. Terrible drawing here. And remember, and I'm going to put up here at the top, God is up here. Of course, we all look up to God. He's above us. Remember that administrator called Tom. He's a center stick figure. Tom went into the orphanage, into God's family, and had a relationship with the administrator. So I draw a line from Tom, down here at the bottom, to God. He's got that relationship. He's part of God's family. He went into that orphanage. But it's only one line. There's more. Eventually in the story... As, God, as Tom grows in that relationship, he needs something more. That's a vertical relationship with him and God. What about the horizontal relationship that we experience here as a church? Well, we're not perfect, so we can't go all the way up. So about right here, about three-quarters of the way up, we're going to draw a cross beam. This is where our relationship with others, I'm going to write that on that line, that's where our relationship with others comes in. And you see what we've just drawn? We've just drawn a cross. Our relationship with the Lord doesn't represent the cross to the world around us until it reaches out to the, to the world around us. And just reaching out to your neighbor without these other gifts speaking into our lives, makes us an imperfect witness. It's when we become a part of something greater than ourselves and that that reaches out and touches much more. I believe this, the cross is a picture. This relationship we see here is a picture that God wants to present to the world. Our relationship with Him reaching out to those around us. It's a picture of the local church as we reach out to those and fellowship and they reach into our lives. We give a picture of the cross to the world around us. As we think of the, of the relationships in a local congregation, showing the power of the cross to the world around us 
ask yourself what part you have in the testimony of your local congregation. What part do you play in that? Are you and I loving and caring about our brothers and sisters? Are we willing to talk through the difficulties with our church family like the Joneses did? Are we willing to care about others enough to explain the dangers we see in their lives where they may hurt someone? I think this is a farming community enough to know that, you know, if, if someone isn't taught how to operate machinery properly, they're going to get hurt. Friend and of sometimes mine, it's just dad was mistake. standing on the two um, arms, lift arms of an eight-inch tractor, and they were operating a piece of equipment. He was standing in lift arms, son was, was operating a tractor. Little eight in. PTO was hooked up. Farmed all his life. Well, for a long time. I don't know if it was all his life, but he'd farmed quite a while. Should have known better. PTO grabbed his leg, and his leg went two and a half times around that PTO shaft. You know, we have to warn each other. That can happen spiritually. We need to be there for each other. Say, hey, don't do that. You're going to get hurt, or you're going to hurt someone. That's what the local body of believers is for. We need each other. Do we sacrifice our personal time to enjoy just being together with our church family when we have that opportunity? Think back with me to our story. Would have Tom wanted to become part of that family if there had been no love there? What if those children had all just, after supper, went to their bedrooms and left Tom sort of sitting in the living room by himself? Maybe ignored each other. And what if they had not looked out for each other during the day? Or maybe laughed at each other when they got hurt? When one was sick, they just kind of, you know, made fun of them. What if no one would have taken time for each other or played games to talk together? Would Tom have wanted to become part of that family? I highly doubt it. The local church is no different. We are a family of believers. And just as every family has a slightly different culture and way of doing things, so does each individual church. And just like a family, each person that is part of that church plays a dynamic part in how others view it. Young people, you are becoming a vital part of the Peak Congregation. You will contribute to what others feel when they walk through these doors or what they see on a daily basis in your life will represent who Christ is. You're committing to a lot this morning. Bless you for that. Every one of us affects how this family feels to the world around us. Being baptized and joining the Peak Congregation this morning by being baptized and joining this congregation, these young people have publicly proclaimed to the world that they have surrendered their lives to God and want to live out their commitment by becoming part of and supporting a local body of believers. They have found a place to belong. As I think of this picture of the cross in what we as a congregation, or you in your congregation, 
in your part of the world, what you represent to the world around you. Christ laid down his life to be part of something greater. He didn't have to die there on the cross. But for you and I to become part of the church, to be his child, he had to give up himself. And as we join a body of believers, we do some giving up of ourselves so that they can speak into our lives. Just like Christ gave up of himself so that he could speak into our lives. And we give a picture by how we relate to the world around, we give a picture of what Jesus did on the cross. A person doesn't have to be a part, a member of a church to be a believer in Christ. They don't have to be a member to be, have a relationship with God. But they miss so much if they don't. Uh, supporting a member that puts their heart into the witness and testimony of a church, into loving people, into welcoming others in. What a blessing. And I believe these young people will be that this morning. Let's support them in their decision by being to them and the rest of our church family what God has called us to. Let's love each other, care about each other, spend time with each other, and invite others into God's family because others are longing for a place to belong to. I believe we'll call for a closing song.